Welcome to Genuine Life Recovery. We're here to help you and your loved ones overcome addictions and other addiction-related mental health challenges. In this show, we dive into the physical, emotional, psychological, and spiritual aspects of addiction, mental health, recovery, family dynamics, codependency, and more. You can listen on your favorite app or at jodystevens.org. Genuine Life Recovery is made possible by great friends like Joshua's Heart in memory of Joshua Brent Moore, bringing hope, love, and awareness to those afflicted by addiction online at joshesheart.org and Jody Stevens Productions for commercial voiceover, narration, production, MC, and public speaking online at jodystevens.org. Hey friends, welcome to Genuine Life Recovery. I'm Jody Stevens. Thanks for joining me today. How is everybody doing? I am doing pretty good. My shoulder is healing. If you don't know, I, I know I talked about this quite a bit uh, on the radio station I work for here in Reno, but I, I dislocated it. I actually coach downhill skiing up at Mount Rose, uh, coaching the kiddos and during our training. I did something I wasn't supposed to do. I ducked under this robe. I completely wiped out. I dislocated my shoulder. So as of this recording, it's February 1st. I did this like at the beginning of December. So it feels pretty good. I'm, I'm, I'm back to skiing, but I had to be taken down in the dreaded sled. <laughs> you know, the first aid sled by Ski Patrol. It was the worst. It was like the worst pain I'd ever felt. I had to go for several hours with it um, dislocated until I was able to get into ER. So anyway, and then my back, my lower back started hurting and I realized that I have to surrender to the aging process, you know? (laughs) It's... It sucks sometimes. So that's what we're talking about today is surrender, serenity, um, and addiction and other life controlling habits. Um, So what does surrender mean? How does it relate to addiction? Why is it such a fundamental force and addiction recovery. So that's what we're gonna talk about because we always hear about surrender, I surrender. And most of us don't surrender nothing. Like we have a really hard time with it. Um, And it is a instrumental key in the path of recovery and sobriety and just living a life that's not full of just um, constant emotional turmoil, really. So this concept of serenity is what we're talking about. So in the biblical narrative, Surrender is not a like a singular thing. Like we've decided that we're going to surrender and then it's all easy from there. You know, it's a daily deal, just like in recovery, uh, just like forgiveness, right? It's like a daily deal. Like, oh, I choose to forgive them and it takes time. Proverbs 3, 5, 6 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on your own understanding, your own way of how you think things should be, your own control, right? So, and he says, in all your ways, acknowledge him, and then he will make your path straight. So what is surrender? It's trust. Is it not? Is it not trusting in the Lord, and then he'll make our path straight? Isn't that kind of where this whole big concept of serenity in the 12 steps comes from? 
right? That's it. We're done. <laughs> no, I mean, there's more to it than that. But I mean, in a simplified version, I mean, that's kind of it. It, it. So this scripture invites us to surrender to our limited understanding. We trace our, our we place our trust in God, or as they say in AA, a higher power, a God of our own understanding. For me, that's Jesus Christ. Now, some people struggle with recovery because it's not Christian. Now, here's the thing. The 12 Steps and Alcoholics Anonymous were all written out of the Bible. So at one point, they were Christian, and then they changed it to a God of your own understanding, and, and that can be a, a problem for people. Uh, and I can, I can understand that. But think of it this way. Like, if you went into a third-world country and the kids are starving, are you going to feed them first or are you going to preach the gospel? You're probably going to feed them first because the whole concept of hungry stomachs have no ears, right? I can't hear you when I'm starving. So when we begin to understand that surrender is what saves our life in recovery on this earth, I'm not talking about salvation, on this earth, I will say, you find a God and you find one now because if you keep doing heroin or whatever it is, you're going to be dead by tomorrow. We'll worry about the rest later. You get it? That's a big deal. And people come in and they say, well, we got to preach Christ. I get it. But people are dying every day. All right. So this idea of surrender needs to come first so that we can save their life because we can't do much about their salvation when they're already dead, right? I know that's like super harsh, but, but it's true. So anyway, the, you know, the 12 steps of AA um, does really line up with uh, this biblical concept. Um, and, and let me turn my phone off because I'm getting text messages here. Um, you know, the first step we acknowledge powerlessness over our addiction, right? That our lives are unmanageable. So that's step one. I'm powerless over my addiction. My life is unmanageable. Unmanageability, what's that? It's a lot of different things. Um, it's It could be having benders, staying up all night, losing jobs, getting DUIs. Those are obvious unmanageability, but it could be uncontrollable emotions. Um, it could be, you know, messing up relationships with our family because of our anger. It could be as simple as always hiding. You know, I was always like hiding. I didn't want people to see the wine bottles, the beer bottles, the whiskey bottles. Everything was always hush. You know, I was always trying to hide my addiction. I think that's unmanageability, right? Um, the story I like to tell is when I would drive drunk and then I would cover one eye so that I wouldn't see double on the yellow lines on the road. And I thought that was really funny, especially when I was in college. I would tell my college buddies like, hey, if you're seeing double when you're driving, go like this. And then instead of, you know, <laughs> what is it? The two yellow lines, there's like, instead of four, there's two. Or I mean, that's unmanageability, right? In my mind, that's another example of unmanageability of, of, of doing things like this. So this surrendering to this unmanageability, this, this where, you know, I keep trying 
to manage this addiction. I keep trying to quit. I keep trying to make things work out and it's not happening. I can't do it. My life's unmanageable and I'm powerless over it. Right? So, so it's courageous. This admission that our willpower alone is not good enough. It's not strong enough in the face of the complexities and the challenges of addiction because it is complex and it is challenging. Otherwise, people wouldn't be dying of it daily, every minute, every hour. I mean, we're in a massive addiction and mental health crisis, you guys. I mean, it's scary, you know? So it's this giving up and saying, God, I want to do it your way or the way the program suggests or the way these people in recovery suggests because they seem to be happy and I'm not. They seem to be getting something that I don't. So, you know, like for me, I wanted to do it a certain way. I mean, I've told the story many times where I said, okay, God, if you strike me sober, I'll throw away all my heavy metal CDs. So I did all Danzig and Wasp and all that, you know, satanic music. I threw it all out and the next night I was drunk. I'm like, what's up, God? I thought we had a deal, you know? And then, and then I'm like, okay, all right, um, this is, I'm going to do just the tequila only, right? I'm only going to drink a pint of tequila every night or every other night. And that's going to be how I'm going to manage this addiction until the tequila got in me. And then I would go back to the store and buy more booze, drunk, right? And then I started adding in... Xanax into the mix, alprazodone, tranquilizers. So now I'm drinking tequila and popping pills, trying to manage my addiction. It's going really well, right? I mean, it's going really well. Like I'm going to bed and waking up on, I'm throwing up in my bed. I'm going to die. Like I, I, I'm like, well, I'm managing my addiction so well that I now think I'm going to die. And it wasn't until I went to one of those stupid meetings, right? I actually went drunk to an AA meeting because I didn't think anyone would notice, but they did, right? They noticed. How would they ever notice? <laughs> you know, but anyway, it, 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 that was God saying, look, here's what we're going to do. You're going to surrender this thing that you're doing, this little way you're trying to have your cake and eat it too, because it's not going to work, right? Um, and then you're going to go to those meetings. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you're going to ask for help and you're going to do the deal. And so I did the deal and I haven't had a drink since, and it's been 18 years. And since then I've had to surrender to a bunch of other stuff because look, surrender is not about surrendering to the complexities of addiction. That's, that's like one little piece because look, what causes us to drink and relapse is the negative emotions, the dysfunction, the control, the anger, the childhood trauma, the abuse, the, the why can't my life be different? Why don't my parents love me? How come this guy has a good family and mine's crappy and all those things, right? Negative emotions is what causes us to fall into addiction most of the time. And those are the things we have to surrender. 
right? Looking in the mirror and saying, I'm 51. What happened? Where'd my life go? I should be farther along. Things should be better. They're not. Okay, I surrender. Every day is a new day, right? So the serenity prayer captures it. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I can't change. Getting older. <laughs> What's the saying? No one gets out here alive, <laughs> right? I mean, we're going to get older. Death and taxes, you know. Um, <laughs> you can move. We left California to try to, you know, so at least there's no state income tax. So, you know, but right. So anyway, um, so God grant me the serenity to accept the things I can't change. Mm -hmm. The courage to change the things I can. What can I change? And then the wisdom to know the difference. So this prayer is a daily guide. It reminds us that surrender is an ongoing process of accepting the unchangeable, asking for the courage to change, right? To enact the change that we can, and then praying for the wisdom to discern between the two. I remember one time I was in the shower and I felt like the Lord said to me, you know, you spend so much time trying to change the things that you can't change that you miss the opportunity to change what you can. So I could obsess for five days over why my boss said that thing, thinking he doesn't like me or that the closed door is all about me or whatever, right? So that's that's still trying to control. I'm obsessing. I can't change that. But what could I do? I could go talk to him. Oh, that takes courage. That's scary. That makes me want to drink. Right? So many people, so many of us in recovery, we're so scared. And that's where God has to come and give us courage. I mean, I was scared of everything, you guys. I couldn't do anything. Oh, but I was a big radio DJ. You know, but deep down, God, I was just like a, like a wimp. I mean, I couldn't do anything. And so I would drink and obsess and try to control all these things that I couldn't control. But the reality is, what can I do, God? What can I do? And then praying for the courage to do it. Woo! Right? Because that's the hard part. But that, right there, in a nutshell, is where recovery starts. Because when we're hiding in the dark, drinking and afraid, we're getting nowhere. When we're starting to do, like, God, help me to do these things, that's when we start to see change. And it's hard. Especially when you're codependent and afraid. It's hard. It's a bitch. <laughs> Can I say that? So anyway, you know, so you're in recovery. You know, the big book of AA, the Bible, all of those books really have, they really show us through the stories and the meetings too of this transformative power of surrender. Right? Um, 
recovery, again, it was founded in the Christian group, the Oxford group, like I believe in the 20s or 30s, and then came Alcoholics Anonymous. So this is all from a biblical perspective. Um, and it shows us how surrender is not defeat. It's a courageous act. It opens the door to a new way of living, right? It's not like surrendering, <laughs> the French surrendering in a war or something like that. But you know, even that, I mean, let's look at that for a minute. If you're, if you're a, whatever, a, a general in the army or, you know, whatever, um, and you have to make that decision to surrender to save people's lives, that is a very courageous act. Are you going to surrender? Are you going to keep fighting this war that you're not going to win? Like that's, I think that's what we keep trying to do. You know, an addiction, sure, it's a neurological disease, it's genetic, but anybody that says it's not evil lies. And so there's a lot of evil in the world, just like the wars and everything else. And we think we're strong enough for that because we're not. We're not strong enough for the enemy. The enemy's ancient. If you believe in the devil, you know he's ancient. Look at the world around you. Look at the craftiness. Look at the evil. Look at what he does. I mean, it's like... And so we think, without God's power in this world, that we can somehow navigate all this? Oh, we can't, friends. Right? So through this surrender is liberation. And that's the paradox. We discover that sense of freedom. We discover that sense of purpose with God walking along with us. It really flies in the face of that radical independence that we all want, you know, guys especially, right? I don't need anybody. I got it all figured out. I got it all under control. And some of that's good. I mean, I, I love that, like, about my husband. Like, he's just moving and grooving, and he's got answers. You know, but he still loves the Lord and, and relies on the Lord and stuff like that. But it's very easy to get into that, trying to run, to run our show, right? Um, and And... If you had abuse or trauma or things like that when you were young, remember that the reason that it's hard for you to give up control is because the people that were supposed to control things for you weren't there, right? Your little brain is forming. So it's this attachment disorder thing where these people that were supposed to help you, they're harming you, right? So you turn to addiction because it's the only thing that soothes you. It makes perfect sense. And then you don't want to reach out for anyone to help you. Pardon me, I barely... I'm wearing like a... I'm going to work out after this. That's the fun thing about home workouts. It's like I got my sports thing here. Okay. Um, you get it, right? You know, I hurt my shoulder. That's why. That's why I can't get fully dressed. No, but... um. You know, if you have that trauma, you don't, you don't trust that you're going to reach out for someone, right? You reached out for mommy or daddy and look what happened. So now you get older, well, you're going to reach out for help only to be disappointed. So that's, it makes it harder to trust. And that's why surrender is so huge because it, it, it's a huge leap um, if you've been wounded severely because now you're having to try to rely on other people.
But we find those people. We find the safe people. We separate God from our parents. We separate God from other people. And Lord have mercy, we separate Christians from God. <sighs> Isn't that the truth? Oh, well, if that's how Christians act, I don't want anything to do with it. Well, Christians are people and they do stupid things too. <laughs> the perfect one is God, right? So that's the challenge in, in reaching out for help. So if we've had that trauma and stuff, it's very natural to want to run the show because we don't trust that people are going to be there for us. Because when we were little, they hurt us. Completely understandable. Turning to addiction to try to fix the neurons and the things going on in our brain. Completely understandable. We haven't learned any other way to cope. Part of this whole process of surrender is opening ourselves up to learning other ways of coping. Okay. Now, if you're dealing with a family member who's struggling with addiction and you're like trying to navigate that, Al-Anon is really good. I've been to Al-Anon and I like it a lot. You know, even though I'm an alcoholic, sober, you know, as I've mentioned many times, my brother passed away from his addiction. So I've had to deal with family members struggling with alcohol. My grandfather and uncles were alcoholics as well as my own addiction. And there are people like that in Al-Anon. But it's primarily designed for people struggling with a loved one with addiction. So um, surrender is another huge piece of it. Surrender is part of every single recovery process. And so that involves let go, letting go of that desire to control uh, uh, someone else's addiction, right? So we, we work on this detachment where we're somewhat detached. We're practicing on our own self-care and our own inner peace. Okay? So one of the things that happens when we're in a severely codependent relationship is if we're that severely codependent person, and I was in many different ways, is really that it's this idea of, well, if my kids are okay, then I'm okay. If my husband's sober, then I'm okay. So if they're struggling with an addiction, you're never going to be okay, <laughs> right? I mean, you're not going to be okay because you're trying to control something that you can't control because addiction, once it sets in, it takes on a life of its own, a trajectory of its own. So if you give up your life and your sanity and you do all these things to try to change or control your loved one with an addiction, chances are you're not going to change anything about them, but you're only going to harm yourself, right? Does that make sense? Now, the nice thing about these programs is not only are we working on our own health, we're practicing the surrender piece where we can't control this other person. But we're also learning how do we help them? How do we help this person, right? And so 
There's a lot of different ways to do that, and that's like a whole nother topic. But there are much healthier ways that we can support and help the addict without enabling. The codependent way that we do it tends to be enabling. It feels like helping. Deep at our core, it feels like we're helping. But we're not. And a lot of times, the helping almost feels wrong because <laughs> it's just not what we're taught the way to do it, you know. Um, but if you look at this, this from a psychological perspective is with codependency. Like for me, I struggled with what they call as an external locus of control, meaning, and what that means is I things outside of myself were what regulated my emotions. My stability came from whether or not people liked me, whether or not I... Uh, did well on the radio that day? Did I perform well? Did my boss say nice things about me? If those things didn't happen, then I was an emotional wreck. Big old fat roller coaster. That's what codependency is really. So with our loved one, we're doing the same thing. With our kids, we're doing the same thing. Do we have any internal control in here? Or is everything dependent on what other people are doing? That's what that is. That's what healing from that involves. We still love, we still care, but we have to take care of ourselves, right? So the invitation from the Lord, he says, um, you know, the surrender is to, to surrender the burdens of life, right? The burdens of addiction, to find rest. Come to me, he says, all you who, who labor, who have these heavy burdens, who are weary, come to me and I will give you rest. I will deliver you from your control issues. <laughs> I mean, that's really what it's saying. I, I, I mean, you know, because when you finally surrender, you're like, oh, oh, I do not have to, I don't have to fix my loved one anymore. You know, my child's problems aren't mine. My addiction, I don't have to try to control all this, right? Um, so this is this surrender. This is that beacon of light. This is the Lord walking along with us, right? He's not, we're not like a robot right? He's walking along with us. He's our guiding light. He offers that, that renewal, that help, that comfort, right? Um, there's a great form of therapy that I love that has a lot to do with this acceptance piece. It was actually founded by a guy from University of Nevada, believe it or not, and it's acceptance and commitment therapy. And really, the idea is, unlike like cognitive behavioral techniques where we try to change our thoughts, this is accepting it. It's saying, I feel really sad today, or I feel even suicidal today, or I want to drink right now, or I want to use right now. So rather than, you know, because life is hard, we're always going to have challenging emotions. So rather than trying to change our thinking, we accept it. God, help me to accept that I just don't feel good right now. Help me to accept that I'm depressed. Help me to accept 
that I'm having panic attacks. Okay, I know that won't last forever. And then, then I commit to what are my goals? Is it getting into recovery? Is it, I don't know, writing a book? Whatever it is, right? So I accept these emotions. I sit through them. I don't try to change it because trying to change it, again, that's more of that self-will. It's not going to work. But then I look towards my goals. What is it that I want to accomplish in the midst of the pain, in the midst of the addiction, in the midst of trying to get help, right? And so... Um, it's a really helpful way to look at it, you know, because we think, oh, I'm not supposed to be sad. I'm not supposed to be this, and I'm not supposed to be that. Well, whoever said that, right? Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. I mean, look at the world. How can you not? But he says, take heart. I've overcome the world. And in the end, he does. But the overcoming is in here. Or in here, right? This is part of this overcoming surrendering right so again this isn't a sign of weakness courageous declaration of the need for god's guidance admitting powerlessness over this cunning baffling nature of addiction that's what paves the way for that spiritual awakening and what that means is it's just it's a recovery term and a lot of people that come into recovery they're going through the didos and then suddenly there's a spiritual moment, there's an awakening, right? And it's this transformative power of surrender where they just, something finally clicks in spiritual sense and they realize that they have surrendered. <laughs> They're happy, joyous, and free, as they say, you know? Uh, so in this realm of addiction and recovery, you know, surrender is that, that, thresholds or not threshold, but that's, it's that um, process where we begin to transform, right? It's, it, you know, we're also releasing denial, right? We're, we're, we're recognizing we don't have all the answers. We're recognizing we can't control our addiction. We're recognizing that we are an addict. We're recognizing that we have a problem. We're recognizing all these sorts of things. We're recognizing that we're not in control right? We don't know it all. And that's where this transformation starts, right? It's, and that begins this beautiful journey of self-discovery. Because even this codependency or this external locus of control thing that I'm telling you about, it's still a control issue. It's still, I don't know who I am, so I'm relying on all these other things to, um, to regulate my emotions rather than who I am and who God created me to be. So surrender isn't blindly following. It's, there's a huge piece of autonomy there, you know. God's will for you is not for you to be a drug addict or an alcoholic. It's to be who he created you to be. And he's going to show you that, right? And he's not going to tell you what to do. That's why it takes so long. He waits for us to surrender, he waits for us to align our life with his will. And then he walks alongside us, keeping our own autonomy, our own, you know, uh, our own goals for our own life and stuff like that, right? We're all unique individuals. We're all created unique in God's image. So it's a partnership, right? We're really surrendering to a partnership. 
I mean, that's, that sounds pretty good to me, right? So the first step admitted we were powerless over our addiction, that our life has become unmanageable. I always like to say admitted we were powerless over sin, that our life had become unmanageable. We're all powerless over something, right? Again, this is an acknowledgement, right? That this addiction, this codependency requires a spiritual solution by surrendering our life to God. So really surrender, it's an act of faith. It's a recognition that we are surrendering to God, that we align our life with his plan. We trust in his wisdom, intelligence, knowledge, omniscient, omnipresent, everything uh, over, over our own, right? So it's really just giving up that control. So, you know, whether you find this serenity in the Bible, whether it's from the 12 steps recovery, maybe it's both, let it be a, a guiding light to help you recover and navigate this roller coaster ride of addiction. It's going to help point you toward healing, toward redemption, and toward that life of purpose which the Lord wants to show you. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. So thanks for listening, friends. I hope this was helpful to you. This podcast is available on YouTube to watch. It's available to listen to on all the apps like iTunes and Spotify. Please leave a review there, share it with anyone you know who could use it. And also, of course, it's on my website at jodystevens.org, J-O-D-I-E-S-T-E-V-E-N-S, jodystevens.org. Thank you, friends, for listening. God bless you. Thank you so much, friends, for listening to Genuine Life Recovery, playing on your favorite app or on my website at jodystevens.org. It's J-O-D-I-E-S-T-E-V-E-N-S, jodystevens.org. There you can check out my podcast, blog, recovery coaching info, speaking, and more. Check it out.